Chapter Nine of Bunny Brown and His Sister Sue at Christmas Tree Cove. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sean McGahey and Sarah. Chapter Nine: The Merry Goat. Bunny Brown, who had been sitting near his sister Sue on the deck of the ferry, had jumped to his feet and run to the rail or side of the boat as the little girl cried out that their craft had run over the canoe. That was really what happened. The two young men and the young woman and the canoe had gone the way of the motorboat and had been struck. Man overboard! Yelled Bunny. He had often enough heard that cry on his father's boat and on the pier. For more than once, boys or men had fallen off into the water. Sometimes in warm summer days, the boys pushed each other off just for fun, and often at such times. The cry would be raised, "Man overboard!" Bunny knew what that meant. It meant that somebody ought to jump to the rescue, throw into the water something the person who had fallen in could grab. There were on his father's dock a number of life buoys, around rings of cork covered with canvas, having a long rope attached to them, and there were some of these same things on the deck of the ferry. Man overboard! Cried Bunny again, and running to the nearest life ring, he took it off the hook and sent it spinning into the water. Bunny knew that the end of the rope was fast to the rail, so the buoy would not be lost. Bunker Blue also acted quickly. Near the wheel by which the ferry was steered was a wire, which, when pulled, shut off the motor down in the hold of the craft. Bunker Blue pulled this wire, and the boat began to slow up. Then Bunker leapt to the side of the ferry near Bunny, and Bunker caught up another life ring and tossed it over the rail. As Bunny and Sue leaned over to catch sight of the four people in the water, Captain Ross and Daddy Brown came hurrying up on the deck from the little cabin where they had been talking with Mrs. Brown. "What's the matter?" cried Captain Ross. "Did we hit anything, Bunker?" "Yes." A canoe with four people in it. We ran 'em down. They crossed right in front of our bows. I'll get 'em. The next minute, Bunker peeled off his coat, slipped from his feet the loose rubber-soled shoes he wore, and leapt over the rail. Oh, oh! Gasped Sue. He's going to save 'em! Cried Bunny. I wish I could jump in and don't dare try that, Bunny Brown! Cried his mother, who heard what he had started to say, and she put a hand on his shoulder to hold him. They're all right," reported Mister Brown, looking over the side of the boat. "All four of them can swim, and the young men have given the young ladies the life rings. They don't seem to be much frightened. Bunker is swimming for the canoe. I guess they'll be all right." "Yes, it looks so," said Captain Ross, also taking a look over the side. "Though the canoe may stove in, so it'll leak. Mighty foolish of 'em to try cross in front of our bows. I expect we'll have to take 'em all on board here." Oh yes, we must," cried Mrs. Brown. "But what shall we do about dry clothes for them? Possibly I can let the young ladies have some of my extra dresses. But the young men? Oh, I guess we can fit 'em out," broke in Captain Ross. "It's warm and they won't want much. First thing to do is to get 'em on board, I reckon. How about you?" he called down to the struggling people in the water. "Need any more help?" We're all right," answered one of the young men. "But will you take us aboard? The canoe's smashed." "Sure, 
We'll take you on board, answered the captain, and then Bunny and Sue watched. They saw their father and Captain Ross help pull up to the deck of the ferry. First, the two young women dripping wet. They looked very much bedraggled, but they were laughing and did not seem to mind what had happened. Next, the two young men scrambled up, pulling themselves by means of the ropes from the life buoys. And last of all came Bunker Blue. He had the rope of the smashed and overturned canoe in one hand and was towing it along as he swam slowly. It was not easy work to drag the canoe through the water, submerged as it was. But Bunker did it, fastening the canoe rope to the rail of the ferry. Then he scrambled up on deck, shook the water from his face and hair, and said, I'll get a boat hook and fish up the paddles. They're floating around down there. Oh, don't bother, urged one of the young ladies. It was all my fault. I steeled the canoe right into your way. We ran into you. You didn't run into us. Well, I'm glad you feel that way about it, said Captain Ross, while Bunny and Sue watched the little puddles and streams of water dripping from the recent occupants of the canoe and from Munker Blue. Is the canoe worth saving? asked Mr. Brown as he looked down to where it now floated up the side of the ferry, held fast by the line Bunker had brought on board. I don't think so, said one of the young men. It was an old one, and now the side is stove in. Let it go. It will drift ashore anyhow, and we can get it later if we want to. You might save the paddles if you can. I'll help, offered the other young man. And while these two, with bunkers, sought to save the paddles with boat hooks, the broken canoe was cast loose from the ferry and allowed to drift off. If you'll come down to the cabin with me, said Miss Brown to the young ladies, I'll see if I can lend you some other clothes while yours are drying. Oh, don't bother, said one of the young ladies. It was all just fun. We had on old clothes, for we half expected to be upset before we got back. But Mrs. Brown insisted on making them change, and so she led them down into the cabin. Uncle Tad helped in the work of recovering the paddles, and then he suggested that the two young men might also like to take off their wet things. Oh, not at all, said one. We're used to being wet, and we'll soon dry anyhow. It was very decent of you to jump in after us, he said to Bunker. As it happens, we can all swim pretty well, and it isn't the first time we've been upset. But I was afraid one of the girls might have been hurt. As it is, we're all right. And mighty lucky you are to be that way, commented Captain Ross. I'm glad it was no worse. Now where do you want to be set ashore? We're staying at that hotel, said Mr. Watson, for such was the name of one of the young men. He pointed to a large seaside resort on the shore not far away. Well, we'll head for the dock, decided the captain, and soon the ferry was moving along again, the floating paddles having been recovered. The young ladies soon came on deck, wearing some garments belonging to Mrs. Brown. They were laughing and joking at the upset. The young man refused to change, saying it was not worth while. It's too bad you lost your canoe, said Bunny, as he and his sister listened to the talk of the rescued party. Oh, it was only an old one I owned, said Mr. Watson. It isn't a great loss. I'm afraid you girls had some things sunk, though, he added. There wasn't much time to save anything. 
i lost my pocketbook said one of the young women who was called mildred by her companions there was only about a dollar in it though she added my mother lost her pocketbook and it had five dollars and her diamond ring in it put in sue did you do you mean today asked the other lady who had been addressed as grace oh no it was some time ago exclaimed mrs brown a dog took it volunteered bunny and he ran into a carpenter shop and we ran after him sue and i did and we got locked in and i busted a window and he's going into all the details laughed mr brown but the young men and the young women were so interested in what the children said that they had to hear the whole story i'm sure i hope you get your engagement ring back said mildred to mrs brown and the young lady looked at her own hand on which sparkled the diamond perhaps it was her engagement ring it is too much to hope for replied mrs brown i'm trying not to think of it did you see me throw the life boy to you asked bunny changing the subject i'm afraid i didn't answered grace with a laugh and my eyes were too full of water added mildred well anyhow i threw one into you went on bunny and i yelled when i saw you get run over added sue just as if that too had helped i'm sure you did all you could declared mr watson and it was all our own fault that we got in your way but no one is hurt and we're little the worse for our adventure the fairy slowly headed toward the dock near the big summer hotel which was one of a number at a well-known resort on the bay some other boats had come up after having seen the canoe run down but when it was found no help was needed they sheered off again how can we return your things to you asked the young ladies of miss brown as they prepared to go ashore when the boat tied up at the dock there is no special hurry was the answer we are going to christmas tree cove for the summer you can send them there i have a better plan said mr brown why should we not stay here overnight we can tie up at this dock and go ashore for an evening of enjoyment that will give the young ladies a chance to get into an other dry clothes and give you back yours he said to his wife oh yes let's stay cried bunny we can have a lot of fun on shore and there's a merry-go-round added sue i can see it she pointed to one of the popular summer attractions sent up near the hotel on the beach very well we'll stay said mother brown and so it was arranged the four young people went ashore and the young ladies in board clothes and the men in their own damp garments carrying the paddles they attracted some little attention from the crowd on the dock it was very evident what had happened but as canoe upsets are very common at shore resorts in the summer no one took it very seriously especially as no one was drowned or hurt we'll send back your things in the morning called mildred and grace to miss brown as they went up to the hotel you'll find us right here said captain ross i'm mighty glad it was no worse he said to his friends on the ferry i should hate to have your summer outing spoiled by an accident even if it was the fault of those in the canoe but it reminds me of a riddle see if you can guess it bunny and sue what goes under the water and over the water never touches the water 
A fish, guessed Bunny. A fish is always in the water, cried Sue, laughing. Oh, so it is, said her brother. Say it again, begged Sue. The jolly captain did so, and Bunny and Sue gave up. After several wrong guesses, the seaman said, A man walking over a bridge with a pail of water on his head. He goes over the water, and he's under the water, the water in the pail, and yet he doesn't touch the water. Oh, that's a good riddle, laughed Bunny. I'm going to fool Bunker on that. If the water pail upset and spilled on him, then the water would touch him, said Sue after a moment of thought. And if he fell in the water, he'd be wet. Yes, we aren't supposed to do that in riddles, returned Captain Ross. After supper on the ferry, Uncle Tad took the two children on shore, Bunny and Sue having secured their mother's permission to ride on the merry-go-round. It was a big affair playing jolly tunes, and the animals were large and gaily fainted. Bunny and Sue had a number of rides, always begging for just one more until Uncle Tad finally said, No, that's enough. You'll be ill if you whirl around any more. Come, we'll walk around and look at things, and then we'll go back to the boat. He led them around to see the other attractions at the little park near the big hotel. Somehow or other, Bunny wondered, away from Uncle Tad and Sue, while Sue and the old soldier were looking at a man blowing colored glass into birds, feathers, balloons, and other fantastic shapes. But finally, Uncle Tad said, Come, Sue, we must be going now. Where's Bunny? He was here a minute ago, answered Bunny's sister. She looked around. They were on a plaza, or open space, at one end of which stood the musical merry-go-round. At the other end was a drive where little ponies and carts could be hired for short rides. As Sue and Uncle Tad looked, there suddenly dashed from this place a large white goat, and on the back of the goat was Bunny Brown, clinging fast. "'Oh, look, look!' cried Sue. "'It's a merry-go-round goat! It's a merry goat, and Bunny's having a ride on his back!' As she spoke, the animal dashed straight for the whirling carousel, and Bunny's face, showing some fright, was turned towards his uncle and his sister. End of chapter 9